Welcome to A Slob Comes Clean, the podcast. I'm Dana White. I blog daily, or almost daily, over at aslobcomesclean.com, where I share my personal deslobification process. What that means is, um, yeah, I'm a slob. That's who I am. It's part of myself that I've accepted. Uh, but I don't like being one. And so I find ways to keep my house under control that work in real life for real people, for me, who doesn't like cleaning and organizing. So I call it reality-based cleaning and organizing. Um, you can find me over there at aslobcomesclean.com slash connect. You can find me all over the internet there. Uh, we have over 13,000 fans on Facebook, and it's a fun place to um, just kind of stay accountable. I Every night, almost... I try to post what I've done that day from my daily checklist. I make sure that my dishwasher's running and that holds me accountable. And it's a great place for other people to say, hey, okay, this is what I did today. So if you've had a great day where you've really gotten something done and you need a place to brag about it, that is a great place to go. So um, other things that you can find are uh, aslobcomesclean.com slash podcasts with an S. We'll have a link to this podcast, podcast number 10. It's hard to believe I've been doing this for 10 weeks. Uh, but at podcast number 10, I will um, have a post that has links to the different things that I mention within this podcast. So how has my week been? Well, I have an exciting thing that happened on Monday. I made it to number one in the kids and family category on iTunes, thanks to many of you for listening. So I appreciate that. And that was really exciting. And I took a screenshot and I was actually there for several hours. So I was really excited. Uh, but it, my husband and I have been joking all week about how, um, basically I've finally seen a payoff from having talked to myself for my entire life. Cause that's me. I always have talked to myself. I mean, I really had to be conscious of it when I went to college and lived in a dorm and had to make sure that I wasn't talking to myself as I walked across the quad, uh, because I would, uh, you know, I was talking to myself in my head, but I just tried to consciously make sure that my lips didn't move so that I didn't look like a crazy person because I talked to myself all the time. Actually, technically I say that I don't talk to myself. I talk to other people they're just not there right now. And so this podcasting thing, I guess, is right up my alley. So thank you so much for listening. And for those of you who've left a um, review on iTunes, I greatly appreciate it. So since my husband and I have been talking about that and joking about that, I thought I would talk about normal today, what my thoughts on normal are. Because on my blog, I refer to anyone who's not a slob as a normal person. Ultimately, you know, that's just my little funny thing I say, but I did find as I was blogging and I started to get more readers and I would kind of have someone land on my blog that didn't really understand everything that I talked about or my personality or my sense of humor or whatever. Um, sometimes when I would, I got to where I felt like every time I called people normal who didn't clean, I would get someone who would get offended or get their feelings hurt or feel that they needed to reassure me that I was normal and that I was okay. And so I wrote a post a while back. It's actually been quite a while called defining normal because that, you know, that was something I could link back to and say, this is what I mean when I call somebody normal, who's not a slob. I'm not, you know, putting myself down or anything. Uh, so I'm going to read that post as part of this podcast today. Uh, let's see. I'm also going to share with you, um, other things that are related to being normal, which is slob vision. And I know I've 
talked about that some in other podcasts. And here's where I'm just going to say that podcasting is different from blogging because in blogging, I could go back and search through my own blog and find out when I've talked about something before where I will lose track of what I've talked about in other podcasts. So if you're listening to them one after another, I very well may say something that's just like something I said very recently, but that's just the way it's going to go. So um, I'm going to talk about habit number two uh, in 28 Days to Hope for Your Home, which is um, my ebook that talks people through 28 days of developing four very, very basic habits that will either get your house under control or keep your house under control. And I love having it broken down to those four habits. They're all based on what I personally did when I didn't know what to do and was just desperate to get my own house under control. But I love having it broken down into four habits because it's a great way to get back on track because people like me, people who are not normal, um, people like me tend to get off track because we like to do big projects and we get involved in things and we're the person who's volunteering here and there and we're doing all these crazy things and our house gets out of control and we've got to find a place to get back where I used to not know where to go back to. Okay, great. I failed again. My house is a disaster again. I just didn't know where to start. 28 days helps you know where to start. So I'm gonna talk about habit two and how that habit is a great example of how it is that the habits help combat slob vision, which is not seeing that incremental mess and not seeing um, the disaster happening. You only see perfectly clean and then total disaster and not seeing in between. And how those habits themselves, specifically habit two, help you to um, keep that from happening. So uh, other things that I'm going to talk about are just my week. And then if I have time in my 30 minutes, I will talk about sentimental clutter because I think that has a lot to do with, um, you know, unique brain functions that people like me have. So, uh, let's see, defining normal. I'm going to read that post to you first, because like I said, um, I needed a way to explain what I meant when I called people not like me normal. Okay, so here it goes. And this was on October 15th, 2010. So I'd been blogging a little over a year at this point. First, let me say that in my non-expert opinion, there is no real definition for normal. If you have in-laws or have been a guest for more than two nights in someone's home, you know this. People are all unique. So having stated that no one is truly normal, let me define normal for the purposes of this blog. My husband recommended that I write this post because it seems that lately when I refer to non-slobs as normal, a misunderstanding happens. First, you have to understand that I think I'm funny. I recently overheard someone say condescendingly, well, you know, everybody thinks they're funny. My in my head response? Yeah, maybe, but I really am funny. I think my regular readers know when I'm trying to be funny, but new readers might not realize it at first and could understandably be offended if I refer to something they might do as something normal people wouldn't do. And therefore, they feel like I'm saying they're not normal. Confusing enough? I'll clarify that. I have no desire to be normal. I've taught my children from birth that we have no interest as a family in being like other people just for the sake of being like other people. We want to do what's right. We want to have fun and we want to be creative. Basically, who cares what other people do? But in the interest of helping any new to my blog readers feel the welcoming acceptance that I want them to feel here, I'll share some examples of what I mean when I call people normal. 
Normal people can open a can of spinach and immediately throw away the lid. People like me see the lid hanging from the magnet on the can opener, pull it off, examine it to determine that it was spinach, and then stare into space for a moment, attempting to recall the last time they served spinach. Normal people trip over a pair of shoes. They think, who left that there? And feel irritation as they put the shoes away. People like me trip over a pair of shoes and think, ugh, I need to move those. And then forget about them completely until the next time they trip over them. Normal people walk into the laundry room and think, when did that stack of clothes fall over? People like me use their full body weight to get the laundry room door to shut because that's easier than sifting through all the dirty clothes used to be clean until they fell over clothes, shopping bags, etc. Normal people ask first-time guests if they would like a tour of their home. People like me lock the master bedroom door and instruct their children to direct guests to a specific bathroom. I could go on and on. As I've explained before, a big part of this coming clean process was me being honest with myself. I had to accept that my brain works differently from those people whose homes seem to always be presentable. Not perfect, just presentable. And I'll take my brain with all of its quirks any day of the week. I'm glad I'm creative. I'm glad big projects and parties and plays energize me and give me tunnel vision. It's who I am and I'm good with that. But I'm not good with having to open the door only as far as it takes for me to squeeze myself outside and talk to a friend. I'm not good with wanting to cry because I realize that the one load of laundry I actually completed that week contained one too few pairs of undies. I'm not good with having enough energy to do a craft project with the kids, but not enough energy to declutter the table before we can start. So I'm finding ways to make my home livable that work for my brain. It's one of the reasons I don't read tons of organizing advice. Generally, the people who love to give organizing advice are the people who love organizing. Their brains are different than mine. While I found some great ideas that I've been able to implement, I found many that only serve to overwhelm me. I know, I try to avoid giving advice, but here's some. You're not normal. You're you. Be you. Enjoy being you and figure out what works for you. That doesn't mean we accept that "Mm, that's just who I am and quit trying to be better. It means we accept how we are and find ways to improve our homes that work for us. Could someone give me a hand getting down from this soapbox? Okay, so that was me reading the post, Defining Normal, which I will link to in the show notes for podcast number 10. Um, And I wrote that early on. And it's funny because I haven't read it in a while. Maybe you could tell as I read it. Um, I haven't read it in a while, but really this post just puts into one post so much of what this deslobification process has been about for me. So, um, that was fun to read, but basically, uh, I have slob vision and I have a video that I will link to on my blog where, um, I prove that I have slob vision. It's actually the outtakes of the very first decluttering webisode that I made. I, um, decluttered my kitchen drawer. You know, it does not follow the visibility rule, but that's, you know, basically how things go. When you think, what am I going to declutter? Well, obviously I have to start with the thing that's just packed full of junk. Well, yeah, even though it's not visible, but I decluttered my kitchen drawer in my very first webisode that I made that's on YouTube at youtube.com slash a slob comes clean. Um, but as I was editing it, I saw something. 
I realized that at one point during the video, and I was just letting the camera run um, as I would, uh, you know, take things out, talk to the camera about it, and then I'd go put them away because that is one of my big decluttering that's part of my two decluttering questions is to make sure I take it there right away, which I am sure I talked about at some podcast earlier, but, um, I had taken something out of the drawer and I had put it in the cabinet that was just above the drawer. So I had opened up the cabinet door Well, I had the cabinet door open above me. I had the drawer that I was continuing to work in and I had a chair that you actually can't see in the video. I had a chair next to me that had my donate box where I was putting stuff in there to, um, to donate. So, um, for, I think it was 11 minutes of the video where I wasn't, you know, I was going to edit it later. So I was just letting the video run for 11 minutes. That, uh, cabinet door was open. I was continuing to get things out and go take them where they needed to go. And I would move around the open door. So I had to actually move. I mean, if I would have just walked, I would have ran straight into this open door. So it was, it was in my way, but I moved around it over and over and over and over again. But I very obviously didn't even see it in the video. I just went around it. And then at some point I just closed it and you can tell from the video, I had no clue that I was doing this. And so as I watched the video to, um, to edit it and I was editing out, you know, all this extra time in there, I was so excited to get to prove to my husband that I truly do not see open cabinet doors. That is one of the things on my daily checklist. And when I talk to groups, I always say, okay, so I have a check daily checklist and there are some things that everybody needs to do to keep their house under control. But there are also some things that are going to be unique to the individual person. And your daily checklist isn't going to look exactly like anybody else's. And my example is that I have closed my cabinet doors on my daily checklist because there are two kinds of people in the world. There are cabinet door closers and there are cabinet door lever openers. And I personally am a lever opener. I do not see open cabinet doors. And this video actually proves that. And so I was able to show it to my husband. So that night I made him look at the video and I showed him and he just shook his head and went, Oh my goodness. And, but I really think that in so many ways that has been a big part of the process for him is, you know, he even said it once. Um, we, we do a little notebook where we write in every anniversary and things we've learned about each other. And it was so easy in the beginning to have a million things we'd learned about each other, but eventually, you know, it, it gets pretty hard every year trying to think of things that we've learned about each other after 14 years. But he said a couple years ago, I'd been blogging for about two years. He said, I've, he said, I hope you don't take this the wrong way, but I've accepted or I've realized that you really do try that you really do want our house to be neat, but you just, it it is a legitimate struggle for you. I guess that's what he was trying to say. And he actually did say something like, like there really is something wrong with you. (laughs) 
and he didn't mean it rudely and he really felt bad saying it, but it made me feel good for him to realize, okay, this is part of who I am. Cause that was a big part of my own process was realizing I don't see it. And this video was proof. I did not see that open cabinet door. So I have it on my daily checklist to close my cabinet, my kitchen cabinet doors, because I figure at some point during the day, if I will close them, then when he gets home, maybe only two or three will be open instead of all of them because he says he feels like he lives in Sixth Sense. That movie, you know, where the mom comes in and all the cabinet doors are open. That little boy. Anyway, so that's his life, he claims. And that's just one thing I can do. Now, do I always do that? No. But if I will at least try to combat um, what is my natural tendency, I just don't even see them. So I have to be purposeful about closing those cabinet doors so that it's not as bad as it could be. Okay. So other things on the subject of being normal or not normal. Um, I mean, who really wants to be normal? Like I said, okay. Uh, I'm going to tell you too about my week and this kind of goes along with it. One of the posts that I had, I think it was last Friday after my podcast post went up was three things I pitched this week. And I talked about, um, three different things that I had thrown away during the course of the week or recycled or whatever. Um, socks. I have my laundry under control and I will talk about laundry day at some point, but I have my laundry under control. Like I can actually say that, which is a big deal. I never would have said that before I started my blog and it took me about two years before I really got under control and it's been a process. But, um, so I have my under my laundry under control. Socks are clean every week. We have enough socks, the boys and my husband, and I guess my daughter, she wears socks too, but they, I don't, I don't wear socks. Ugh, I hate socks anyway. Um, but we have, uh, enough socks in our drawer to get through the week. But then there were these odd socks, socks that no longer had a match, but for some reason I kept sticking them in the, in their drawer, even though they never needed them. And I don't want to talk about how they ended up back in the laundry again. You remember my three strikes you're donated that I talked about recently. So we had, um, these odd socks and I just decided, okay, I am going to throw these socks away. Socks are biodegradable, biodegradable, right? Aren't they? I don't know. Anyway, they're cloth, but I threw the socks away because let's just be honest. Nobody wants me to donate one unmatched dirty sock and uh, we have enough socks that actually match each other. So these were not only odd socks, they were also ones where the elastic was kind of gone out of the ankle and they were gross on the bottom because I don't know why my kids insist on like taking their shoes off, but running around in their socks outside. Anyway, so we had, um, I just got rid of those. So easy, simple, duh. I threw away socks that had no match and that were, you know, elastic lists and dirty. Blech. I threw away a broken cup. Now I love my ice water cups that I take to the gym. There's something about not having to flip the lid to drink something out of it. I know. Anyway, I love my little cups that have the straw in it and all that. Well, one of the ones that was bigger, so it held more water. So I really liked it was kind of a two ply thing and water had gotten in between the two layers of plastic in the cups. Well, that's gross because then I start thinking about where is it cracked? Is that going to leak into the water that I'm drinking? I don't know. So I got rid of that broken cup. 
than broken scissors. Now I will tell you, I really did not want to get rid of these. I love my kitchen scissors. Do you have kitchen scissors? Kitchen scissors. Seriously. I don't know how people lived without them. I remember when my mother first got kitchen scissors and was like, Oh my word, how did I ever do this? Cause you know, she was like the woman who cut up a whole chicken, like except for the beak, basically, you know, she would get the one that still had the heart and the livers and all that kind of stuff in it at the store. I mean, it was plucked and everything, but she would get the whole chicken and she knew, I mean, she was Miss Homex. She knew how to cut up the chicken, even though, you know, with a real knife, but that's dangerous. Well, once she got kitchen scissors, they just changed her life. So I have grown up basically always been an adult with kitchen scissors. And that's what I use when I trim my 40 pounds of chicken that I get from Zacon. And I'll link to that too. But, um, I love my kitchen scissors, but as I was trimming the nasty stuff off of my chicken breasts, as I was dealing with that forever the other day, um, the kitchen scissors that had been broken in little places all over for years, finally, one of the, um, thumb handle slots, uh, it completely broke, like half of it broke off. So there was no resistance. There was nothing to grip anymore. And I truly could not use these scissors. Now I kept trying until I finally had to give up, but I threw those away. Now, what's my point? My point is that it's okay to consider that decluttering. Um, here's the thing. Normal people, as I define them, probably wouldn't consider that decluttering because why would you keep an odd sock that's dirty and doesn't have elastic? Or why would you keep scissors that you can't even use anymore? I mean, that's just such a duh thing when you actually stop and think about it. But I will tell you, you know, I had those three socks and I'd had them for a while and they'd driven me crazy for a while. And for some reason I had not gotten rid of them. Um, the cup, yes, it had just broken. And so I'm proud of myself for getting that rid of that quickly, but the scissors, I know there's a time in the past where I would have kept the scissors just in case I was ever just completely desperate. I mean, I can think of every reason in the world, like what if this happened and what if this happened and what if there was like an apocalypse or something? And I mean, and I don't even know what that really means, but what if, you know, what if that happened and, and you couldn't buy kitchen scissors anymore? Don't you think that we could somehow rig something up and, and, and make these usable again, except that instead, um, yeah, they just would sit in my kitchen drawer forever taking up space. And then I would have a new pair. So it's part of that letting myself say, you know what, this is just throwing something away. This really isn't what normal people would call decluttering, but I'm still going to be proud of myself because I have to talk myself through saying, this is a useless item. I don't need it. I'm going to go ahead and get rid of it now. Right. I'm going to go ahead and be proud of that. Okay. So let's see what other things that I talked about. I also talked about intentional living and this was a post that I wrote on Monday and I actually wrote it because I started thinking about this after, um, I think I was at number two in podcasting, uh, on, on iTunes for kids and family, not for all of iTunes, but just for my category. And, uh, I was really excited about that and how I'd finally beaten cookie monster, which there's like a Sesame street video podcast. So I'd finally beaten cookie monster and I was so excited. So, and I thought, Oh, I'm going to, cr- I put this on Facebook. I said, I'm going to write it down on my bucket list just so I can cross it off. Except that I don't have a bucket list. And I started thinking about, okay, should I have a bucket list in my life? You know, where people write down all the things that they want to do before they die. And I thought, you know, 
intentional living, which is my passion. That's what I wanted my blog to be about before I started a slob comes clean as a total compromise. Um, intentional living is that really the big stuff or is it the little stuff? I mean, yes, you have to be conscious of the big stuff. For example, I really want to go on a certain um, family trip this summer where my kids need to be between eight and 12. Well, my oldest is going to be 12 and my youngest is going to be eight. So this is the year that we have to do that. And so if I'm not purposeful, it's not going to happen. But really, intentional living is much more about what you do in the small stuff every day. You know, it's, it's, it's great to schedule a family outing to a water park, you know, where you stop everything and you take this big trip. But ultimately, I believe it's going to mean more in my kids' lives and their character and who they are if instead of that, I'm intentional about over the summer going to the local pool every single afternoon so that my kids spend their summer exercising and being together and interacting with people instead of sitting in front of the TV or the video games or whatever, the Xbox. Um, That to me is more important to be intentional. You know, what's more important for me to um, schedule a big fancy dinner where my kids get to experience what it's like to be, uh, you know, in a nice restaurant and use their best manners I mean, is the payoff for that going to be better or is it more important to be intentional in having a meal plan so that we actually eat at home around the table every single night and invest in each other's lives by talking and all that. So, um, you know, there's studies that say that, and I am not quoting them for sure, but I know I've heard as a teacher, the statistic that, you know, kids do better in school. They are less likely to be on drugs. They're less likely to make bad decisions simply if they eat around the dinner table with their family, even if it's, you know, chicken nuggets, or even if you're eating at a restaurant, but just being around that table and learning to have adult conversation, their vocabulary is better. There's just, there are so many benefits of just being purposeful about that family time. That's easy. And sometimes that family time is 20 minutes for us because Right now, my kids are in a play, you know, and hubby gets home and we've got to eat before they've got to leave. But even 20 minutes, we can eat in 20 minutes and we have family conversation in that time too. Um, You know, so what's more important? Is it more important for me to be intentional about scheduling a big party and getting my house perfectly clean so I can have people over for a big event or implementing daily habits so that we can have people in and out of our house and in and out of our lives and um, invest in people you know, who are going to be relationships that we'll have forever. So that was a post that I wrote and I'll link to that. Um, I also had a couple of guest posts this week because I am supposedly working on a book, um, which I have, but oh my goodness, my distraction level has been really high this week. So I've been trying to work on a book and I've hopefully made some progress so I can keep going. But, uh, I had a guest post from Mary of giving up, sorry, giving up on perfect.com. Uh, Mary is a personal friend and, um, I've met her at blogging conferences, but the first time I met her, I had only been blogging less than a year. I really didn't think this was my, my real blog. I thought I was just going to get my house under control and then start my real blog. So I was at this conference to figure out what to do before I started my real blog. I mean, I wasn't there for a slob comes clean, but whatever. Anyway, Mary, uh, the first time I met her was at breakfast and she said, Oh yes, I know who you are. She said, I, um, I've been running, my husband and I have been running our dishwasher every single night and it makes a huge difference. You're right. And I thought, 
huh, okay, that's great. And it was one of the first times that it had ever occurred to me that me sharing my own personal, you know, what works for me in my home as someone who struggles could make a difference for somebody else. Hmm. Okay. Anyway, so that was, it was kind of an interesting moment for me, but it's funny because Mary was in one of my first Google plus hangouts that I did in September. I didn't actually record when she was on there. Cause I, you know, was learning how to do all this. Uh, but I said that about her when I introduced her on the hangout and she, um, later told me, uh, okay. <laughs> you know, like I don't remember saying that. And there are plenty of times I don't run my dishwasher every night, but it also inspired her to write a guest post for me about how, when she does run her dishwasher every night, which is my big thing. If you've ever read my blog or been on my Facebook page or anything, when she does that, it makes a huge difference in her home. And she goes, she's a fantastic, hilarious writer, but she goes through different ways that it impacts their family. Um, just to have that simple little habit in her home. Um, and then I also talked, oh, there's also this great post um, that Sarah of weekendshakeups.wordpress.com, I believe, um, that she wrote uh, about creative meal planning. She doesn't have children yet. It's her and her husband, and they just get stuck and frozen when it comes to actually meal planning. So she came up with this amazingly creative idea of putting together their meal plan like a menu that they could choose from. So it looks like a real restaurant menu. So it's really, really cute. And uh, I think you'll love that post. But uh, other things I was going to talk about today, slob vision, mm -hmm, the incremental mess issue. Basically, uh, slob vision for me uh, means that I don't see in between. I see perfectly wonderful and put together and great. And then I see total disaster and I don't see what happens in between. So the habits themselves help me to um, be able to combat that slob vision. They keep me from having that. So habit number two in 28 Days to Hope for Your Home, uh, which is an ebook available at slobcomesclean.com. Uh, 28 Days to Hope for Your Home, which I have the subtitle, Not for the Mildly Disorganized. Uh, the second habit is sweeping your kitchen every day. Now, the first time that I said this, to a friend who was normal. Um, she's one of the rare people that actually knew about my blog. And she's like, so what kinds of things are you doing as you're trying to get your house under control? I said, well, you know, I'm, I'm doing my dishes. I'm, you know, I'm sweeping my kitchen every day. And she went, huh? Okay. So I don't do that. And that was one of those times when I realized, okay, I have to do what works for me. And the truth is a lot of normal people do not have to sweep their kitchen every day because they see that it needs to be swept and they sweep it. Um, I don't, and I could go months without sweeping my kitchen. Okay. So, um, I made that a habit, but ultimately it's really not about sweeping the kitchen. And this is where the habits themselves help to combat my slob vision. It's not about sweeping the kitchen every day. It's not about the little bitty crumbs. It's about by going through those motions of this non-negotiable task. It helps me break through the slob vision that I normally have. So as I sweep my kitchen, yes, I'm getting the crumbs up, but I'm also running smack dab into the pile of newspapers that are next to the kitchen table on the floor from Sunday, even though maybe now it's Thursday, but it helps me to see those things and not just, 
you know, go through my life without ever seeing them and all of a sudden going, my kitchen's a total disaster. It also helps me not be able to ignore anymore that there are, um, you know, grocery bags all over the kitchen floor because I brought in the bags of groceries and I put away the cold stuff and then I, um, left all the other stuff on the floor in the bags because, you know, I just didn't have time to put all my groceries away. And then we, I would just grab the can of whatever it was that I needed out of the, um, grocery bag as I needed it. And so I kind of just used the bags instead of the pantry all week. Uh, Yeah. So, and who knows how many different weeks that had gone on. So that helps to combat that helps me to see those things that normal people see that I don't see because of my slob vision. It helps me just that simple act of, okay, I, instead of saying, I'm going to um, clean up my kitchen and pick up all the stuff that shouldn't be in there every day. I say, I'm going to sweep the kitchen. And it's amazing. I always do find crumbs, even though I don't think there are any, there always are. But it also helps me see the things that I wouldn't see otherwise. Okay, I'm out of time. It is 32 minutes and 45 seconds. So I'm going to stop here. And I did mention sentimental clutter. I will try to talk about that next week on podcast number 11. But this is podcast number 10. Again, you can go to aslobcomesclean.com slash podcasts with an S and click on podcast number 10 to uh, get the show notes for this. And I will try to link to anything that I mentioned on here. If I missed something, please leave a comment and say, Hey, you talked about such and such, but uh, you didn't link to that in here. And I'll, I'll find that link for you. I'd also just love to hear your thoughts. Anything that you have, if you personally suffer from slob vision, or if you personally, um, don't suffer from that. Maybe the kitchen is not your struggle area, but maybe you have another one or um, tips or whatever it is that has worked in your home or struggles that you have or just things that you identify with. I would love to see that. I also, like I said, greatly appreciate those of you who have left a uh, review on iTunes. I have no idea what iTunes algorithm is for determining things, but it seems like um, reviews help me to stay up in those rankings. And when I stay up in those, then other people are able to find the podcast that wouldn't find it otherwise. So I greatly appreciate all of you who are being faithful. So as listeners, so I will see you next week. Again, I'm Dana White of a slobcomesclean.com. Thanks.